Podboys Productions. We got your boy Pod Drew here back for a little Movies Are Relevant on Brooklyn Rebound Network. And I don't know about you, but I'm in the mood. It's a podcast about movies. Well done, yep. Drew. Well done. <laughs> you, you really nailed it. Well, I could say I'm in the past, in my past life, I've talked about movies a lot. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm only going to continue it. I'm in the mood to continue it right now. <laughs> Landed the plane. That's we'll, co- we'll cobble something together there. What's going on, E-Nam, Eric? How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, a lot of a lot of yearning happening this week, mm. this month, I guess. That's we pretty typical for you, right? Excited to discuss these movies. Yeah, yeah. I've been a yearner. Um, I'm doing I'm doing good right now. That's right. And joining us today also on so yeah we're gonna talk if it wasn't very clear from my opening there which it wasn't okay well you're not introduced yet so settle down we're gonna talk the film past lives which has been out for a little while now i think maybe uh two months or so two or three months the the directorial debut of celine song i'm seeing here now that it was the debut and we're going to pair that with the classic uh, 2000 film In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai, who's a fairly legendary director, I'd say, at this point. It's like number five on the last sight and sound poll. Yeah, people people know this movie. We're not breaking mm-hmm. any new ground. Yeah, but I hadn't seen it, uh, even though it had been on my list to watch for quite a while. I'd never pulled the trigger till now till you suggested it's a pair with Past Lives, and I think it is an excellent pair. Am I right or am I right? You're right, and uh, we've got a pair over on my end, too, because, of course, joining us today as well, watched both films with me, Evil Alex, back on the pod. Not seen since the Evil Dead slash uh, Aliens episode, I believe that was. And uh, how are you today, Evil Alex? Well, you know, there's nothing more evil than love, so I'm happy to be here and Mm -hmm. (laughs) excited to discuss. Did you just quote the rapper Future? Is that a future line? <laughs> uh, no, I thought I was making an Alex original, but darn. Everything you say is an Alex original. The people demanded Alex. Alex is back. We love Alex. <laughs> That's right. And I mean, maybe maybe that is like, do the people, the characters and the, the films we're discussing think that because they, these are kind of like anti-love films in a way, or maybe not anti-love, but they're reverse relationship films they're like about non-relationships they're about longing and they're about pain buddy that's right that's where you're they're about non-marriage like non-marriage relation they're still relationships yeah that's true but they're not they, they're not going uh all the way i guess they're they're at a distance i mean we'll we'll get into all of it i guess and before we before we do though is there anything anyone wants to bring up about what else you've been watching recently and or anything up on the horizon you're excited about. I got some stuff. You guys can go first. Oh, man. I'm just walking around L.A. looking at all of these horror film uh, Mm. billboards. Billboards. (laughs) Those things in the sky. Thinking how many, like, sheer quantity of horror films coming out for October is ridiculous. Um, And I want to see every single one. So, you know, I'm looking at The Exorcist. I'm looking at... The Nun, I'm looking at new Jordan Peele movie, which I can't remember the title of. Or Jordan, is, am I mixing their names? Uh, no, Jordan Peele, but is does he have a new... Because I was surprised when you told me that recently, and I maybe, didn't... Maybe he produced something, and I didn't hear I, about it. That's what I'm thinking, maybe now. Probably, yeah, because I don't see anything directorial-wise here, but... Maybe it's, like, it's, from the producers of Get Out or something that I saw on the billboard. Well, they've done that with his name before, right? When when Candyman yeah. came out in like 2019, it was like from producer Jordan Peele. He didn't write that movie. Ah, uh, well, there's definitely some billboard floating around with that I've driven by and have maybe just haven't had time to read fully. 
Yeah, which, I'm trying to take a look at his. Uh, no, this is some horror movie he has a voice credit on. Hmm. Abruptio, oh. American puppet horror film. <laughs> it doesn't me more. say, uh, it doesn't yeah, say it produced by him, though, so I don't know if that's probably not what you're talking also, about. Alex. Yes, please. But, so we <laughs> so might I'd look like to see that. that. Um, what else you mentioned? The nun. That's the nun, too, right? Uh, didn't I bring that oh, up yeah. to you, Eric? Maybe, uh, maybe it's the second. I don't know. And the Exorcist is like the Exorcist yeah, some Bedtime or some weird other. But uh, I, what is it? You know it, Eric. I, uh, I, I don't. I, oh, Believer. 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 I knew it started with a B, but the yeah. billboard is so. The word. The, it's all spread out. The letters are too spread out, and I couldn't read it from far away. And I was like, hmm. it's probably bedtime. <laughs> well from the original movie i remember reagan doesn't really care for bedtime i think she had some choice words to say about it back, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, so maybe that's about finally putting reagan to bed <laughs> yes <laughs> like 60 year old linda blair's back but but uh the nun too i think didn't i think i mentioned it to you last pod when i was bringing up what what you might be into because i thought that's your type of thing eric but you said uh the nun one was not uh not up to to standard or something. The yeah, the nun one was not a good movie, but it had some like decent scares, so it kind of a wash, but it but it did annoy me. Um, I mean that said, they've they've made mistakes with the Annabelle franchise before, and then you know I love the last. Oh Annabelle right, movie, that's so. an Annabelle. That's in the right, Annabelle yeah. world. Wait, did you see the nun one? I'm sure I did, but I don't remember it, so hmm. it probably wasn't that great. But I do enjoy those those franchises, and I was just listening to uh, your wrong about podcast about the um what are those two people's names that that whole like what patrick patrick wilson and uh and what's her name play in the um the warrens and Ed yeah and elizabeth yeah Ed and lauren that's right elizabeth warren nope wrong warren <laughs> don't mind me my brain i would i wouldn't mind seeing like an annabelle sound movie with elizabeth actually that'd warren. be kind of cool it like possesses her weird husband's like no it possesses the giant blow-up dog that she had at her camping <laughs> Okay, I don't remember that one, but yeah, that's better. Yeah, I don't know. Any of these kind of religious-themed horror movies, I've talked about it ad nauseum. Probably I like it. The show, I like them. I'm here. They're not, they're not my style, but you guys both dig those. So, I mean, we'll have to look ahead. I think this episode will be dropping just very early October. Uh, as you're hearing this, it's late September when we're recording, but uh, we'll have to follow up another one soon for a uh, Halloween classic. And what, I mean, maybe we can work backwards and pick a classic uh, horror first and try to pair it with a new one. And that's generally harder to do, but... The Exorcist. The original Exorcist. I mean, R.I.P. Yeah. William Friedkin, I believe, since our last uh-huh. record, uh-huh. did pass away. It's possible it was, he, he did before our last record, but it was around then. That was his big breakthrough film, of course. And he still has a, not a horror one, but he directed another one. Now it'll be released Posthumously, I believe that's coming out soon. I think mm. it's not posthumously yeah. like they're Tupacking him. Uh, no, I, I mean I, I think the film is going to be released posthumously. He, he's dead, so the film. So like out. all the work was done. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but speaking of Tupac, I, apparently they caught his killer finally today, or it was the news was announced. So that'll timestamp. Really? Yeah, I saw it on Twitter on X right before we started recording. There's, I'm confused. Doesn't everyone him. know who his killer was? Who do you think it was? I don't, I don't know anymore. It's just a very famous shooting, and it happened in broad daylight, right? Yeah, I think it was always people didn't didn't know, or at least I don't know. I don't know enough about it, I guess. But okay. Anyway, it's nothing to do with film. Although Tupac, of course, did star in several films in the early nineties. Juice. How's it get on? Never seen Juice. Okay, we gotta do that. So, I don't know if it's quite worthy of a a pairing, a classic status pairing, but okay. And depending on what we did though, what the new film would be, it, it's, it possibly could be. We'll let's switch back to uh, horror stuff though. Anything else? Anything else you guys are looking forward to, or did you mention it all? Nothing really ca- piqued my interest too much. I'm afraid to say there. So I saw Talk to Me. Oh yes, that's been yeah. Um, the Australian horror. I think it's a debut by mm. two guys with a very popular Australian horror YouTube channel or whatever. Pretty decent movie. Really, really interesting setup, and then 
does the thing that you know that I hate in horror movies where it kind of over explains whence the evil. It was a little disappointing, but well, you don't just really do that uh, in horror movies, right? You uh, like even on the, our anime show on YouTube, uh, you're complaining about they're over explaining the stuff on there and everything. So that's just like a I don't like to be baby, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I also saw the number one film on Hulu this week. No one is gonna save you which is wonderful, and the less said about it, the better, especially since it's so new. But there is one line of dialogue in the entire film, and it's about an alien home invasion. So enjoy, folks. Sweet. Full-throated recommendation for that. All right, that's on Hulu, you said. Yes. I also saw Bottoms, which is amazing. Just just really, really good. Yeah, I want to watch that. I saw that's out online now. And then maybe uh, Evil and Alex and I might watch that this weekend. I, she doesn't know that, but I was going to suggest it maybe. <laughs> well, you're in it's, for a treat. It's got our girl uh, Io from The Bear, which we've got. We, we've been watching now. Oh, We're yeah. in season two of that. Yep, I got a lot awesome. of Io stock myself. Yeah, she seems to be in everything nowadays. Good for her. She's Honestly, excellent. She's amazing. Yeah. I'm still cruising along on my I'm making some jumps into newer films like I want to watch Bottoms and, and stuff like that but I'm still cruising along on my quest to watch one movie every year Ouch, I'm into the 2000s now one movie from every year I talked about this on our last episode I didn't think he was going to be able to get through this in like one month but certainly he well it's been a, at least two months now <laughs> 50, I think, but 50 years in. Yeah. where are you now just finished 2003 I watched, watched three movies since we watched this love movie. Kind of. I I am also a lunatic where I'll watch several movies at once. So I I was already like close to the end of a 2001 one. And then we watched. The so when I went to work for six hours, that's what you did. <laughs> well, we can uh, talk about this later. <laughs> uh, no, I watched them yesterday. Uh, yesterday when you were working uh, for a living and I was being a bomb at home, I watched... Um, <laughs> Uh, a film that I've from 2003, which I'd surprisingly never seen, especially because it's Cleveland themed, American Splendor about Harvey Picar with a, you know starring Paul Giamatti, who, who is Picar was a you know guy from Cleveland who became famous doing comics like slice of lifestyle comics. I don't know. Have you seen this, Eric? Uh, I have not. I have okay. not. My Paul Giamatti 2003 knowledge really ends it sideways. Okay. Well, that's a 2004 giant. But well, actually, I, I love living in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he was the king of this era. He got really big around then. Yeah, it's a, it was like an indie darling at the time. I remember. I don't really know why I never saw it. I mean, I was like in high school and stuff. It wasn't what I was going type of thing I was going to see. But with like the Cleveland connection, it's, it's surprising. Probably for the time, especially too. I think some films have done this type of stuff since then, but. It really cuts together, like, I mean, it has, like, the comic book style of, like, putting, and then this happened, like, the actual frames, and also Harvey P. Carr and his real-life wife, and all these, like, characters are actually in it, too, and they're, like, talking to them like it's a documentary, but then they go back to it, and he's saying, like, oh, this is me, even, like, about Giamatti, even though he, this guy looks nothing like me, but whatever, you know, and they're, like, asking him if he read the script, the director, like, asks him if he read the script, and he's like, eh, not really, I, like, skimmed through it to see the structure, I don't know. It's, it's definitely an interestingly crafted one. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I've done. That would be the 63rd film, I guess. But this, I mean, we can we should get into the topic of the day because it really aligned nicely when you suggested it uh, for me with my ongoing quest because it fed right into 2000, which I was about to be up on there. I don't know why I never saw it, other than just never pulled the trigger, even though I. I've always heard uh, it's a classic. How long ago did you, or when did you first see it, Eric? Um, I probably first saw In the Mood for Love, Wong Kar Wai's 2000 uh, masterpiece, starring Maggie Chung and Tony Leung. <laughs> the rhyming names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably saw that for the first time around 2013, when I first was like, you know what I'm going to take seriously? Seeing some movies. And then I had actually rewatched it earlier this year because, I mean, everyone earlier this year, everyone on film Twitter was doing this really interesting thing where we just post screenshots from Wong Kar Wai movies. And so I was eating that up, right? Uh, and I rewatched Fallen Angels and uh, Chunking Express and then In the Mood for Love. I'm still, pr- I mean, I, I was looking at his filmography before. Doesn't have, 
the longest filmography, and he hasn't made a film since 2013, actually, which is, the, I believe, The Grandmaster, mm-hmm. which I think would have had to be in the first one I saw that he directed, which I remember enjoying. And then I saw Chunking Express and Days of Being Wild maybe like maybe four or five years ago when I was trying to get into catch up on some ones that everyone says are classics. But yeah, and I and this Days of Being Wild was on the I mean uh, not Days of Being Wild. And the Mood for Love was on that those type of lists as well, but I just never uh never went with it. And then now I'm I don't know, um we'll we'll get into my our thoughts on it. Obviously, you've never seen it before either, right, Alex? No. <clears throat> I had never heard of it, actually. So. Yeah. Have you heard of... So this is the filmography. Have you heard of any of these movies? He started with As Tears Go By in 88, then Days of Being Wild, Shunking Express, so. Ashes of Time, Fallen Angels, Happy Together, In the Mood for Love, 2046, My Blueberry Nights, and The Grandmaster. And I think with the exception of My Blueberry Nights, they're all... You know, Chinese language films, they're all Hong Kong films. Mm-hmm. I think that one was a foray in 2002, an English language one. But yeah, 10 years since he's done it, put anything out. And also, I learned that even though it's not a literal trilogy, uh, In the Mood for Love, Days of Being Wild, and 2046 are kind of like a... He considers them a trilogy of sorts. Do you know about this, Eric? Yes, in fact, the Tony Lung character in 2046 is supposed to be is supposed to be um is, is it mr chow mr um, chow from, from yeah, for love yeah uh so he saw so the same character interesting and yeah tony lung is not in days of being wild i don't believe i don't remember him being in it but i don't think but, so but maggie lung is in that one if i recall maggie so chung. he works maggie chung i'm sorry yeah he works with the same actors a bit as a lot of directors do i guess but yeah so this is essentially it's set, what, in the early 60s in Hong Kong. These two different couples move into this building where, what is the uh, kind of setup here? It's kind of strange. Like, they have rooms in this building where they, like, share a kitchen, I guess, and they have, like... It's a... like a boarding house, I would Okay. Say. Yeah, it's like Hong Kong is a very um, crowded place at this moment in time, right? And so it, there are multiple Probably families so. sharing the same apartment, renting tiny rooms from, right. you know people who own them yeah and so the owner lives there I, I assume i believe it's the owner and she's like kind of very overbearing and like always in everyone's business sort of deal but anyway the two couples basically we we've come to find so well let me get their names their names are chong and is it chan mrs chan is i think so yes Chung. yeah chan. so chan's husband and chow's wife who we barely even see. I don't think we even see we the never husband. We see their face. I think we, oh, yeah, we never see the husband either. I think we see his wife for like one scene. Yeah. We see her crying in the shower. Yeah. Um, but, and then the back of her at that one dinner scene, Alex, that you mentioned. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. I think we never see either of them again. No, we hear the husband talking a few times early on, like, but he's not in the frame. We see the back of her on the phone. She's on the phone once, I believe. Kind of towards the beginning, I think. I think so. Yes, the first time we get that mirror shot from her office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's doing Carwa is doing interesting things with the camera here too, like posting it up in different like areas, like through a window or through a kind of thing to see. Oh, we're gonna the talk about that. Or not. Uh, anyway, we don't see them much, but we find out that basically that those two people are starting, who are neighbors, are basically living in the same place have begun an affair with each other and they kind of move. he's doing business in japan and she just kind of goes out there with him i guess leaving their two spouses behind the spouses then start to have a relationship at least what you know they start to ha- talk to each other figure out what's going on and then spend time together and then where it goes from there but we, if we compare that with past lives the 2023 film here this is more modern obviously that it's kind of uh takes place over three time periods which the the third time period being the present i believe right um there's nothing to indicate that it's not um right uh, they're fully ubers so yeah and in the middle time period it's i guess 2000 maybe 13 or something around there 
or 2011, maybe. I think it's like 12 years, 12 years. I, yeah, I believe it is 2011. Um, uh, the characters are using Skype, um, mm-hmm. which we are right now to record this. <laughs> probably probably the only one still holding out, out on the Skype right now. No, I mean, we did it. We did it for Celine and Greta, you know? That's right. We did it. Yeah, we were we were ahead of it. We knew they were gonna it was gonna be featured heavily in, in one of our picks, so we got ahead of that one. And and it starts in I guess around the turn of the century in South Korea. So yeah, this was a directorial debut, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did this one get on your radar, Eric? Uh, this one was on my radar because everyone was talking about it. There was a, there was a week when this came out and also the Spider-Man movie came out and people were saying like, you know, I just saw the film of the year and I was like, don't be talking about Spider-Man, which is good. I liked I liked the Spider-Man movie and they weren't. They were talking about this like, devastating little indie romance. And, you know, we love to see it, folks. Yeah. Movies are back. Were they trying to do like it, it didn't really catch off like Barbenheimer, but it was like a saw, like a uh, I mean not saw. Also, people are saying Saw Patrol. Saw Patrol. I've heard recently about a Paw Patrol movie and the new Saw movie. But were they trying to do like Spider Lives or something and just didn't catch on? Let's say yes. Okay, that's good. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, but anyway, the the plot as it is, which is not much of a plot, but it it just follows. It's more of a character piece, obviously. It follows these two Koreans who one of them moves to this to the US or I think to Canada but then to New York after at age I guess 12-ish or so or 11 or something right and then the other guy stays in South Korea obviously uh they reconnect 12 years later I guess it's 12 they're 12 and then 12 and 12 yeah reconnect 12 years later over Facebook kind of and then yeah start talking on Skype like we mentioned, but then it kind of cuts off. I mean, well, I guess we'll do full spoilers at this point. It's not really a... You're probably not right. listening to this if you haven't watched it or, or if you're interested in watching it, but she, it's, it kind of becomes a thing where I, she cuts it off saying, like, we can't, shouldn't talk as much anymore because, like, I'm saying, like, I'm too, I won't be able to go out there soon. You won't be able to come here. So, like, kind of like, what are we doing here? Taking up too much time sort of thing, I guess. I don't know, is that the sense you guys got for why she kind of rejected him at that point or tried to stop the online relationship? I mean, I think that she was like, not necessarily like, oh, this is impractical. I think it's like painful to have to continue a relationship emotionally when you know you can't physically see this person for over a year. Yeah. Like, I think she was protecting herself and him by being like, let's come back to this and like, let's take a break from, mm-hmm. from this because as, as wonderful as it was for them to be like in communication all the time, like it's exhausting and you're trying to live your other life. But it was like with the montage or sort of mm-hmm. the development of that, you could see them getting more and more tired from staying up, not at their yeah, normal the hours. And yeah. like it was taking away from their ability to be present in their own life yeah and maybe not being able to get at least from her perspective not being able to get in a real relationship in person with someone because you're emotionally involved over with this sort of thing right Um, right right and then in the third act he comes to visit her 12 years later like basically out of the blue and we've seen her develop this like really nice relationship with an american man which threatened to be upended by the feelings that she experiences and ultimately lets go during that weekend. Yeah. And the, the husband is then, her husband is played by the, our, our sensitive boy from a First Cow, if you remember we talked about that one, Eric. Oh, yes. Uh, so he's making, a, he's carving a real name for himself playing this sort of character, I guess, that's kind of like a, yeah, like sensitive or like kind of. Uh, he's dead, long live cookie. <laughs> yes, yeah. He is kind of, Cookie, right? That's him, and the he's yep. the baker, right? Yeah. Anyway, so she's played by Greta Lee from most most. Uh, the only thing I knew her from at least was um, Russian Doll, the show Sweet Birthday Sweet Baby. Sweet Birthday Baby. It's yeah. it's her. It's our girl, and she's doing amazing dramatic work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean this very uh, well acted film. I will say, I was having a little bit of trouble buying her as like a twenty. 
you know, four year old or whatever. Yeah, and, we and talked about that. Part, and that's really the worst part about, about her performance is that she like she looks thirty two or whatever. Yeah. I mean she's forty in real life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the other guy I looked him up too. Uh, let me get his name. Tell you. Yeah, who's he's forty, I believe too. But he, I was able to buy him a little bit, maybe because I'm not, I don't know, I've never seen him in anything, or I don't know what it is. But the, the at least the kind of haircut or wig or whatever it is they put on him in the middle section worked red a little bit younger to me. I don't know. Yeah, she's. I guess it's obviously a small budget film, so I feel like they could have given given her some kind of other hairstyle or something. They kind of tried to, but I don't know. Uh, they could have done something, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's, I didn't uh, like it. Didn't bother me at all. I yeah. wasn't taken out of the movie because like no, I I wasn't taken out. But um, I mean, they put her in the it. NYU sweatshirt. Like, what other signifiers do we need? Yeah. <laughs> um. But so then, in the in the third act, it becomes yeah, like you kind of talked about it there. But he com- he comes to visit, having just got out of another relationship. It seems like she's married, obviously, as we said, and. It becomes evident that he came to New York just to see her, basically. And that they hadn't, I think he said they hadn't talked, after she cut the thing off, they back, they hadn't really started speaking a month later or whatever. They hadn't talked again since then. And this is the first time they saw each other in person since they were kids. And that's it. Like, again, like I said, it's not a, much of a plot driven film. It's just kind of these slices of life where, and then they're having, the, they're having these almost before sunrise style mm-hmm. talks it's not as literal as those movies where it's like real time practically but but in the third act is definitely more like that a lot of long tense emotional conversations about like this korean concept where if you fall in love with somebody in this life it's because you have you have been connected in some way enough times in your past lives charge that love energy between your souls and just using just using like that folk wisdom as you know a classic metaphor for like it's just it just was never the right time for us right do you get married then it's because you like met in like a thousand past lives or something or like some yeah right 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 because this central relationship in this film is like it's not it's not a romance ultimately they they're never together at but any they point. kind of talk about at the very end maybe in the next life or something yeah. like that i can't remember if it was in that or yeah that. it is romantic it's just oh yeah not, it, it's just not happening right it's just yeah. like the circumstance wasn't perfect for it yeah, yeah. and they made that uber driver wait damn 10 minutes to figure that out i'd be <laughs> driving away it was amazing the way she's just like leaning like she's like gonna go with him and then steadying herself and then it happens again and steadying herself and obviously the breakdown on the steps afterward um, i mm, wanted yeah, to talk outside. about the very very tense scene um at the bar with the two mm-hmm. guys i love yeah. how they started or the movie with, the, with that the very yeah, beginning of the movie yeah. and it's like who are these people because we all kind of do that and i loved when that came back and not just at the very end like it came back sort of in the beginning of the third act or the you know beginning of the middle of the third act i just really appreciated that like interesting way to begin the movie and like kind of make yeah. you like oh we're gonna get to this point like it gave you a like a yeah, point how to are work we towards. getting there yeah that was yeah. that was really good because you're I, like okay obviously they meet and obviously this guy is here so yeah this white guy's here um, but yeah that scene is and actually, so you're talking about the, t- the actual the tense part, I guess, was not as much the two guys together, but it was leading up to that where they're the just Korean. both speaking Korean and he doesn't understand what they're saying. And yeah, then yep. the guy's getting more. What is his name in the movie? Um, the husband? Not the husband, but the the uh, I don't know what any of the damn characters names are. But let me look this up. The one played by uh, his name is I'm going to miss I'm going to butcher this. Jung Hae. Jung-A. All right, so Jung-A is, like, getting more and more vulnerable, essentially, and, like, revealing more stuff. And then, again, the husband doesn't understand, so you're like, how far is this going to go? But then, and then, but then that's the whole tension, and then it, she, like, leaves to go to the bathroom or something, and then they talk, and he's, like, kind of saying, like, sorry, we're talking, and you don't understand, but then they have, like, kind of a nice conversation as well, then, like, he, the husband's saying, I'm glad you came and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is also... It's a tension in a normal film, or normal whatever, but like in a more traditional plot-structured film would be the husband's like very jealous or, you know, gets upset about this guy coming. 
or maybe even the guy comes and they do like have some kind of actual relationship or they do even kiss or something you know and the husband finds out like you would think it would go that direction typically but it was it's just like a complete non-starter in terms of that it's really nice i loved it because i feel like it's sort of showing the development that society is going towards with like and this is a little bit deep but like Evil with, with mental health and like the way that we are treating relationships and people with more respect and like leaning less like away from like cheating and more towards like communication like what I really appreciated was how her and her husband talked about it like she was pretty upfront with being like when he was like do you love him and she was like I don't know or like she it just seemed like she was giving pretty honest answers even though those answers might not have been like yes or no they were just like I'm not sure what I feel because I felt like I felt that I was like I wouldn't know <laughs> either like you you love yeah. both of these men and there's like nothing wrong with either of them and there's like no like it's just complicated and it's like it's very real and i just appreciated that there was like a sense of reality in in like adult like very responsible relationships where they mm-hmm. they communicated yeah That's- yeah yeah it was a bit invasive for him to be there but also important for him to be there to be for to be like i i, I mean i trust you and if you have to like leave me to be with uh, jinghei then fine i guess but also not being invasive when he's there, not getting jealous, just like, let this weekend end, let this weekend end, mm-hmm. um, and thanks for being cool, Jinghei. <laughs> yeah. And from the Jinghei's perspective, I guess he, oh, he's always the one kind of driving this, keeping the relationship going in some capacity. And he, like, needed that, I guess, to, like, I mean, who knows what would happen after the end of the film, but 12 years later, something, uh, there's a sequel, I don't know, but it seems like he needed that, he needed some kind of closure on this, thing mm-hmm. that he was never able to get because it always was bothering him the whole time his whole life apparently um i mean for both of them i think it was and i think yeah. it's that thing of like okay well now he's single and his friends are like you're gonna go see that girl and he needed yeah he's it. not she subtle at all it. literally everyone knows what he's up to yeah <laughs> but good for him for being like <laughs> instead of wondering and like just yeah. calling her like just being like i'm coming i'm coming there and we're gonna see if there's chemistry Mm. and there is but then what you know then we can't necessarily act on it because you love your husband and oh it goes to show too even though even though with this the technology now unlike the 60s for example you can still have relationships with people and you can theoretically talk to them every day but ultimately you're most likely going to be with someone that's still in close proximity to you in person she met the guy, her husband, kind of randomly just at, and they talked about it, and they're, like, seeing about how we met. Like, he's saying, you would have met someone else that day, too. And she's like, yeah, I would have, but I met you because you were the one there. And that's just really what it is. Like, if she would have stayed in Korea, maybe they, her and him would have been together. But you just can't do it over. It's going to, who you end up being partnered with is going to be someone that's, like, in close proximity to you, like. You just can't. Yeah, it's certainly not in Korea when you're in New York. Yeah. yeah so, so it's kind of, uh, I think the film's kind of about that to me, too, of, like, there's this, it feels timely in a way because there's not, because of it's, like, up to the present on how, how people can interact now, but it still has, there's still a lot of the shades of the, in the mood for love as well, I guess, to tie that back in, which is obviously, again, in the 60s. Their spouses are cheating on each other, I guess, also probably due to proximity, because it's, like, right in the same house. Like, that's how it yeah, started, yeah. I guess. Um, and it basically seems like the two main characters in that, what, I don't know if they fully want to. There's something, like, removing them from going fully going for it with each other. It's loyalty. In the, yeah. both of these movies, that's, like, such a huge theme. It's just, like, the absolute loyalty they have to their spouses. And in... The 2000 movie, like, it's it's way, I mean, it's very 60s to be, like, giving your husband, who you know is cheating on you, like, still your loyalty. I would argue a little bit that it's not completely loyalty to their spouses, but it's almost, like, loyalty to, like, decorum or what other people think. Mm, yeah. Social pressure, yeah. Social, yeah. When, when he's, like, when he's saying, like, I don't want gossip, we're not going to be like them, 
what you want is to be like them. What you want is Mrs. Chan. You know? Yeah. It couldn't be cleaner. Like, your husband, your your spouses have one for each other, so we'll go for each other. We're both attractive. We have a good relationship. But, but yeah, that, that holds them back. You are clearly in love. Yeah. Yeah. It's upsetting that they can't go for it. Like, that's yeah. so sad that they're so worried about social pressures that they, like, don't take that dive because... Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. And it's even, it's really painful, like, the whole scene with the umbrella and stuff. They're like, well, we can't, I came back up, we can't, like, it's like, you could probably be seen together, like, with under an umbrella. Like, you're literally neighbors, like, just say, like, I came, oh, I saw you outside, I had the umbrella, we walked a block together home. Like, But, but the obstinance is like, I don't want yeah. anyone to talk about us. I can't even be seen using your umbrella. Yeah, and the fact that she had to like stay overnight in his house, just well, like sitting on the bed then. forever, yeah. just like they're so unwilling to like even make up a yeah. some type of lie for it. She's because like, yeah, you initially could have when the people came home, like that overbearing woman, and then the other neighbors, they're playing the mahjong all night and day or whatever. She could have been there, and like if they just would have been out, went out right away, it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. But then if you're seen coming out ten hours after that, then then you're just making it a thing. That's like, worse. Yeah, you're just digging yourself a hole. Yeah, which they even discuss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then he gets like a. I wasn't a little unclear. Did he like quit his other job, or he was just doing this new writing on the side too, and doing both? Like, cause he kept talking about a publisher wanting new stuff and whatever. So he was a journalist, and because of oh, okay. her encouragement, he was able to start write, writing this martial arts serial, which was his dream, right? And I think mm. it started going really, really well for him. And so, like, when she calls him at the newspaper office one time, right, they're like, we're looking for him, too. Can, can you right. tell him to come to work? Because he spends all his time writing that, because like, his wife has fully left him by now. And I think the newspaper, to me, the newspaper seems like a connection to his old life. And mm -hmm. the martial arts serial, in addition to being what he wanted to do anyway, and finally found the courage to do, is is about his new life. You know, he started doing it with her. But yeah, I think that's also during the time where he's, like, holed up in that same hotel room, uh, not going back to his apartment because he has well, found out that his wife... going to bring up, like, he him. got another place, too, and stuff to, like, ostensibly to write or whatever. But it's really somewhere that also she could go. Yeah, uh, Maggie Chung character could go, but they still never ultimately have an affair. Yeah. Everything is set up emotional, I guess. Yeah, everything yeah. is set up perfectly for them to be together, and they just like they just can't get to the place where they are courageous, I guess, enough to make it happen. And that's that's what I wanted to talk about too, because like this is why this is one of the masterpieces of all time. I think a lot about Paul Thomas Anderson when I'm watching Wong Kar Wai movies. The like muscular camera work it's like the camera is an act it is the third character in this relationship in this I, throuple i guess but it's like when it's watching them from inside the the tiny little bedroom that she's trapped in during the mahjong scene right it's it's shooting them from like the underneath the clothes in the closet like the top half of the yeah. screen is and all of the like mirror shots or window shots or shooting someone through a chiffon curtain so because to, to like as a metaphor for their shame it is doing so much work constantly to get the message across without someone saying it directly to the screen and you know how much that would have annoyed me if they had yeah you would not consider it a masterpiece i think it's a perfect movie man all right so you really love this one what about they didn't shoot through these but what was with those red curtains we were commenting on that like those flapping oh. red curtains in the hallway at his new place or whatever like what was on the other set? Was there windows on the other side of those? I couldn't tell. It, was, it seemed like I a weird. Yes. Well, because yeah. the they, they have to be windows because they blow inward yeah. in that last mm -hmm. scene when she's come to visit him and he's not there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, the like one. right before he goes to Singapore, right? That's the big misconnection. It seemed like they ultimately might get together there because she does go. He tells her like, "Come with me." And then she does show up at his place, but she had missed him. You know, she came too late. But she was going to actually leave with him at that point. Or do you think she purposely came too late, knowing he wouldn't be there? I think she was going to leave with him. Uh, that was right? my opinion as well, yeah. But then, too late at that point, I guess. And they'd never see each other again, really? Or he he shows back she, up to the house, but she's not there anymore. Or she's not well, there. Even before that, when he's in Singapore, she's in his apartment. And he sees the, her, the cigarette that she smoked in his apartment. And she picked up, she took his slippers with her. 
but right. couldn't stay long enough or didn't didn't stay long enough couldn't let herself stay long enough to like for him to come back from work and see her right right so so it wasn't him leaving he came back and saw that okay I, i'm not sure if i picked up on that yeah there's definitely some things you're pointing out that i'm like oh i didn't get that yeah. well just one watch but for yeah us, so. yeah i mean this film rewards rewatches for sure yeah Sorry. I was going to bring up the music. I was going to bring up the music, too. too. I I, I had some issues with... uh, Well, it's so funny, because I was thinking, like, I do appreciate repetition, and I really liked the... It's like violin. It's just the same, and it's doing a very similar thing with while the movie's doing a very similar thing. By, like, Act 3, though, I was like, okay, (laughs) let's deviate a little bit or, like, expand Mm -hmm. a little bit. And they do. It was almost right when I... They do almost right when I was, like, complaining about it. I was like, are they going to do something different with this music? And then they did. So it was, like, I think pretty good for me at that point. And I I really appreciated, like, whoever the composer is uh, for this was, I think excellent like them they really nailed like the mood and it, it gave you like this it just gave you this energy about what was what was happening again like similar to what you're saying without them having to spell it out like the music was really helpful in like telling you what what the mood was yeah hell yeah hell yeah so carly films that the ones i've seen at least are pretty similar than similar in that regard i would say it was setting the tone setting the mood Music by Christopher Bear and Daniel Rossen. I'm not that familiar with either of them. Sounds like Americans, potentially. Yeah, so, again, both these, I think, again, are a good pair suggestion. I think it definitely hit pretty direct on this one. I did want to also to piggyback just real quick, because I was going to say this, but then I forgot. Another one of the moments I really liked was when they were... Well, part I'm going to elaborate before I even dive into this one thing, but they're making, I'm trying to think of the right words. You're talking about in the mood for love stuff, right? Yeah, they're doing this thing where they're like, how would it have happened? And they like, <laughs> oh, right. They're this, like, like play acting, kind yeah, of like, like how their spouses met and like, like re- reacting. Role playing. Yeah, role playing. And yeah. there's the one of the scenes where this it's shot really pretty and I really appreciated it. It was like, they're sitting at a, a table, I think, and you can't see either of their faces or maybe you can just see the side of her face when she's reacting to if it's like she's saying she's confronting her husband mm. it's like the role playing of her confronting her husband of like are you yes. cheating on me and he's like no because at first I thought that was her husband because it's just the back of his head and i don't know what her husband looks like because it's really confusing this whole thing, during this whole middle stretch of the film yeah like it, it was intentional yeah it's really confusing when they're in character, because that's the game mm-hmm. that they're playing right, yeah. to try to get through this together. When they're in character as their spou- as each other's spouses, and when like it's a real conversation between yeah. them. And I appreciated that. Like, just it's such a. It was just so interesting to watch. But I loved that scene. And like, because at first, it, it literally, Drew had to tell me like, "That's not her husband. That's the guy." Because <laughs> I was like, "What? Like, what's happening?" And he keeps saying, they're like, oh, it's also not going to be this easy in real life. Like, he's not going to admit it as easily as I am. Yeah, it was fascinating. So she has a kid at the end also then, is assumingly that's with her husband. They're Mm -hmm. not, yeah. But it seems like enough time has passed that she's, like, liberated from that relationship. It's just her and her her kid, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, he's talking into holes, like he told his friend people did, or monks or whatever did. Keep, and the the friend character is pretty interesting, pretty fun character, I guess. For Dang, there's not yeah, much yeah. levity in this film, but that that's where we got some. And then if you can go to oh, yeah. for two dollars, she gives me credit, okay? Yeah, Alex didn't like. As when, soon as that when, guy was on the screen, I was like, nope. When he was like having a scheme to like leave his hat or something to, to go hat. back and I talk was to like, her. Ew, I hate this guy. <laughs> or you were just like, men are the worst. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, men are disgusting. But you got some in this movie too, but especially in past lives, you got some relief from men being the worst here with some of these characters we saw in this double feature. By men being like better yeah. than the worst. Yeah. You know, the bar is in hell. So the bar is it's low. really not hard. <laughs> like, oh, a husband wasn't super mad about his wife having feelings oh he must be the best man ever exactly that's uh, yeah, that's the bar <laughs> i'm shooting for so 
yeah, anything else to, to discuss about either of these? Um, again, like I was getting into, yeah, it was a good, definitely a good pair. Definitely different in terms of the, the central relationship. Both was a lot different than you normally see. I think it's really interesting. Like I'm comparing the, the Korean lead man, Mr. Chow in, why can't I remember the title of this? In one? the Mood for Love. In the Mood for Love. Thank you. Um, and it's so interesting that they're like, they have like a certain amount of bravery, but like not quite enough bravery to stick the landing or like make the move or like yeah. kiss, you know, like in any, either of them. And it, that's really fascinating. And, and, you know, it is their right choice for them, but it's interesting to like see their kind of vulnerability, but also, I don't know, like, what is that? Is it lack of courage or respect for the woman like that i can appreciate but it's like, over respect a, a crutch because you have a lack of courage i don't know yeah it's an excuse the answer to all of those questions is yes right <laughs> i think it's also dealing with this like very like 19th century capital r romantic notion of like fate right mm -hmm. destiny is against this romance and who am i to fight that right when we the viewer have seen clearly that's like you could have made this happen, Mr. Chow. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, either of them could have made it happen because Homeboy in Korea could have been like, I'm going to move to New York tomorrow. Like, he was yeah, very why attached do you have to his. to study Mandarin. Yeah, like, he was very yeah. attached to his lifestyle, and so was she. But, like, if he really wanted her, which I think he did, then just go be with her. Just go do it. Like, pull the trigger and jump, you know? And again, they both did have to get, I think my, my point I was making before about him was in past lives. I, I do think he was, even though they did both need the catharsis and they did both have this relationship, I definitely think he was driving it more. It was more of a thing for him. Like, he was more hung up on it yeah. uh, than well, she in was. In the third so. act, certainly. Yeah. 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 Like she initiated the first time, right? Yeah. Well, not exactly, because he did. Well, he had he found her, her yeah. but, like, she never and got that. And she message. was taught, there was a scene, she's, like, talking to her mom, and they are talking about, like, oh, what's this guy doing? What's that guy doing? And she was just thinking about him, as with some other characters that we hadn't met or anything, like, someone from the past, like, like how That's you right, might think right. of, like, how I might think of someone I went to high school, you know? Oh, yeah, I wonder what, you know? So, and then he had already clearly been thinking about her, went to her father's page or something. And then there's the whole issue about her changing her name like having an american name and stuff but yeah so i i definitely think he was it was more more on him yeah and, and the, she clearly loved him i mean look at the very end scene where she's yeah. you know absolutely in tears well it's also i think it's also it also signifies her whole life as a korean which she went away from at the age of 12 or whatever yeah that's her mate because her parents lived in the canon or wherever they live they're not there so. and it's like seeing and like it's, seeing him yeah. was seeing into the life she could have had you know, yeah, I didn't get. She it. only speaks Korean with her. She said with her mom, and yeah. then with him, and then yeah, it's like this whole other life. Yeah, this past yeah. concurrent life. I don't know. We are getting a lot of movies by Korean expats these last five or six years, contemplating their Koreanness in relation to them not being in Korea. Uh, we've mm -hmm. got this. We've got Return to Seoul. We've got the Chinese Korean woman in. A decision to leave. Decision to leave, right? Yeah. They touch on it in, you know, Kim's Convenience. It's like a lighthearted show, but like mm. in the same vein, there's a lot oh, to do. Yeah. Like she's like the daughter is a first and first generation, you know, Korean, mm. but her parents are immigrants, and like there's and the a, brother there's is a big Ken. gap there. So I brought the show up to Eric Lar last oh, yeah. podcast. Oh, see you yeah. It's so good um, though, and it's like nice. It's like nice to see a lighthearted version of that sort of you know yeah, like experience yeah yeah all right well yeah i think that that should about do it i mean we kind of talked earlier about what we might be looking forward to we didn't really we didn't really land on anything i guess for a next episode huh, eric but uh it's gonna be get some it's gotta be a horror episode right? it, it must be horror and can i be invited you're you're no, your you're, you're is, already the third bike your name is evil <laughs> alex as i if you don't have me for the horror one i'm yeah i'm quitting uh, <laughs> Uh, you're quiet quitting the pod. All right. Yeah, this was great talking about these relationships that didn't quite get there. When we, Evil Alex and I are, of course, engaged, so we, ours is 
going the distance. <laughs> Brag. Congratulations, guys. I forced that in. Just force that in on the end. I want Eric to congratulate us on Mike. Just for the listener, I already knew this, but congrats again, guys. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's right. So when you're, I guess it wouldn't be Korea, but for you, like Colorado or something, when some guy comes hanging around, I don't know if I'm going to be acting the way of that husband. So just to let you know. <laughs> How are you going to be acting? No, I'll be, I'll be like that. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a, a language You're going to punch him right in the face or... Well, you, I don't know. I mean, you said you want guys. You said you're calling these guys pussies in this movie, basically. I did not say that <laughs> word, but no, Drew's gonna throw up. Like they have no, no courage. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and Eric, I I think when you if you get married in the future, and knock on what I hope it doesn't happen, but if your wife does end up cheating on you, I think you will follow through with with your neighbor with the neighbor <laughs> the neighbor wife. That really does yeah. sound like me. I'm not so, gonna fumble. Yeah, so we're not, I'm not like gonna these guys. Bad one, like Maggie Chung. No. <laughs> no. no yeah, I mean, if you see a Maggie Chung. By the way, she her outfits. We didn't talk about. Oh, that, her outfits. Her, some her outfits. She's extremely so fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we could talk about it all day. It sounds like, but we gotta try to cut this off around an hour. So yeah, that should do it for this edition of Movies Are Relevant. Stay subscribed to Brooklyn Rebound Network. Check out Enam and I today. Nice ball banter episode that's out now where we check in on our NFL teams. Where we might have talked a little Taylor Swift because that's the biggest news story these days. And we, mm-hmm. we broke down. Travis Kelsey on the map. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Putting Cleveland on the map once again. Harvey P. Carr. We got Travis Kelsey. We got everyone. Uh, yeah, so check out that one. And check out Eric and I on my YouTube channel at Drew's Views for some... Uh, anime reactions uh but yeah until then i'm in the mood to stop podcasting oh that doesn't sound <laughs> like it at all yeah Still you're right I, that's that's right. really far <laughs> all right well you know what it was a good effort by you guys and i was just along for the ride peace peace Productions.